America. My name is Ami Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. Let me make sure my audio is right, lest you have a hard time hearing me, and I do not want that. So yeah, I come to you live every Thursday about this time, wherein we discuss the issues of the day, and, and I try to clarify your political moment, lest you be confused, or you listen to someone else like Boyce Watkins, who has been telling you to buy Bitcoin, and are surprised when your money goes away. So I am going to tell you right now why we don't have money. We don't have money. We like to think we have money. We don't have money. We don't admit that we're broke. We're broke. We don't have it. If we had it, I would not have to do my own audio levels. I would have a producer who did that for me instead. Um, that's just not the case. And I, uh, we don't have money. And what does that mean for organizing? I'm going to give you a few different stories. Right? So I was listening to a, an interview with Killer Mike, the Atlanta-based rapper. And he was like, look, I make my money singing and dancing for white people. And people are like, Killer Mike, you're, so, you're like a black nationalist. You believe in buying the block and all that stuff. What do you mean? He's like, well, you go to one of my concerts. He, the audience is like mainly white. Um, and what does that mean? Well, it means that black people don't have concert money. We don't have disposable money. We might like Killer Mike's music, but we're not making it. We're not shelling out the $60 just to see him perform. We can just, you know, do it other ways. Oh, we just don't have it. In general, we don't have it. We don't have the extra money. We can barely uh, handle our own bills, lest um, forget about discretionary capital um, to invest in even leisure activities. You can say, black people, what about Essence Fest? Essence Fest, Essence Fest is one event that's not, that's like there are 40 million black people. Not all of them make it to Essence Fest. So this illusion, that's like looking at the NBA and thinking, oh, black people have money. They're in the NBA. They're entertainers. I was like, no, <laughs> they're entertaining white people who just have regular jobs who have money, right? So you, you got to understand that uh, when you look at Essence Fest, you're looking at like the all-star game. Um, and real money isn't the all-star game real money's in the leagues is in the college leagues is in the peewee leagues is in the aau leagues all that stuff so you're looking at black all-stars but we don't have a bench we don't have, there is no black there is no real black middle class it's not a class <laughs> that's supported by black people right so it's so there's just like people who have enough money to be confused for the white middle class and you know most and, and then black people who are broke right so that was one story one story was killer mike the other story i wanted to tell is at the time i went to a i was in i found myself in bay st louis mississippi and i went to a rotary function i'm not a member of rotary but i went to a function they were throwing something um and I went and it was all white people and um, and the only black people there were prisoners picking up trash because um, that's how they do it in Mississippi. They use convict labor for all sorts of events. I get you can get your convict labor to do all sorts. They can, they can do your bar mitzvahs. They can do your, your weddings. You can get convict labor to do all sorts of events for you if you just kind of want, if you want it. So I was in Mississippi and that's what happened. The only black people at the event, I don't know, a few hundred people at the event um most just basic white people 
and the only black people were picking up trash. And outside, walking home, I said, "How come there isn't a black? How come this is all white? There isn't a black version of this?" And he's like, "Well, we just don't, we don't organize like that. We don't come together." And I started to think, well, actually, that it's not the case. The reason there isn't a black version of that is we don't have enough money to sustain dues-paying organizations. And we also don't have enough money to sustain intimate contact with black people. And you're going to say, well, I mean, your wife is white. Your wife is white. You can't say that. Well, you know, my wife is white. I believe in integration. I just don't integrate on my knees. I integrate standing up. Um, but in another way, we don't have enough money to sustain intimate contact with black people because not only do we not have as a community um, uh, disposable income, what we have is debt. And if you're an intimate, and if you're in an intimate relationship with debt, that means the debt becomes your debt. There's an, there's no barrier between you and the other person's debt, right? So if you're building while black, means you're building with someone who's always a liability. And black people, no, make no mistake, in this America, you're always a financial liability, or someone in your family is a financial liability, which means you can't build with anyone with a family. See. People need to study a little bit more about why the civil rights movement was so young. Why was the civil rights, why are so many people, why were they alive and why are they just so young in general? And it's because everyone else was scared of jeopardizing their job. Right? And so you can't build a movement with people who like can't, who, who can't both build a movement, except for Medgar Evers, he had a family wiped out. Right? And, and they all ended up broke. Um, die broke. So you can't build a movement off of people who don't have community stability and who are also liabilities to each other. Right? So let's say I build with uh, someone and then that someone has a family issue. Not only do now I have to handle the institution we're building, I have to now front them money for their family. Right? So this screws up black, all black institutions from marriages, small businesses to politics. Like not only are you building with people without discretionary income, you're building with people who are liable to debt. And this is America. Everyone, like everything costs. <laughs> That's part of what it is to be in America. Everything costs money, right? And if you don't have extra money to handle the emergencies, then you're not really free. And I can put an even finer point on that. Um, there's a... Here's a, people think, well, you know, black people, you know, there are rich black people too. And let's see, you can be wealthy and black and still not be free. For example, here is a man who is wealthy and black and not free. If you have to put on a screen, scream mask and gloves, because they might identify your hands in order to claim your money, you're not free. You might be wealthy, but you're not free. That is not a free Negro. That is a wealthy Negro, but who's not free. Free people don't have to wear masks <laughs> to get money, right? So whether that mask is like a happy, jolly, smiling Negro or whether that mask is a whole screen mask, free people do not have to wear masks to get paid, right? So we are not a community that can build because in America, building takes, in a capitalist country, building takes capital, discretionary capital, capital you could lose. Um, by the way, 
If you support, you know, what I'm doing here, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in some of your discretionary capital to me, $5, $15, and $50 a month because I'm giving you a quality of wisdom that nobody else is going to give you. Other people say like, well, the problem is financial literacy. Or no, the problem isn't financial literacy. The problem is we don't have the finances. You can't build when nobody has enough money to pay their bills, to support their immediate um, interests, and also have extra. And if they have extra, they're always worried that like, you know, it's going to go to something happens to someone in their family, right? So in order to build, you need community with money. This is one reason why I'm such a huge advocate of reparations is because I know that we can't be free until not just individuals have money, but entire communities have discretionary income in order to build the institutions they see fit. Right now, we don't have the discretionary capital to build the institution we see fit. You can say, like, well, what about the black church? They have money. No, they don't. No, they don't. If you think the black church has money, you have never seen uh, the Mormons, <laughs> the LDS church, which is a white church, their balance sheet. That's what real money looks like. A lot of white institutions, they're just hedge funds with like <laughs> that also do their institutional mission. For example, like Yale, that's just a big hedge fund and, and, and property uh, holding company that also happens to teach classes. The Mormons, they're just kind of a big hedge fund that also happens to, um, uh, you know, do a little bit of religious things on the side. Like your car dealerships, a lot of them are just real loan officers. <laughs> it's kind of a car dealership, but it's really the car dealership is just front for the um, thing being a bank that also like deals in car cars, but they really do in car, their business is car loans, right? So a lot of these white institutions, you don't understand, they're really financial institutions, right? But if you go to a, a finance committee to a black institution, the first thing you'll talk, the first thing you'll hear is, well, we have this debt, we have this outstanding debt we have to pay because part of what it is to be part of a black institution is dealing with outstanding debt. What we need to understand is that outstanding debt is not shouldn't be on our balance sheet. It should be on America's balance sheet, right? So you pay black people, you pay black people enough and secure their assets so that they can actually um, formulate their own institutions at their own discretion. And that's when we'll be free. But the money has to be diffuse. It's not enough to make a, whole, a, a few Negroes rich. It, the money has to be diffused in the community and everyone has to have secure assets and a little bit of extra so that they can do with their extra what they want. And those are the people you want to build with, right? And until that happens, we won't be free. And the one Negro who escaped might be free, but like, no, they won't be free because they can't trust. They don't have any friends. They're like, freedom is having friends who also have money and who don't have to actually need an extraordinary amount of yours, right? So you need to understand that that's, that's what's at stake. And that's why we can't, that's why we're not free. And that's why we need reparations. Um, you know, there are lots of stories you can talk about, like the struggles, the struggles of building. I think Jackie Robinson tried to build a black, yeah, Jackie Robinson, you know, baseball Jackie Robinson, like ended his life trying to build a black bank and it, it, it and it killed him because even banking for people who don't have money is stressful, right? So he, he integrated baseball, but like couldn't actually sustain black banking because the problem is, isn't that, isn't the will, isn't that like, well, we don't work together. No, it's that working together is, it comes with all sorts of financial liabilities because you're not just dealing with broke people, you're dealing with broke people in a world that always costs part of the metabolism of America is to cost. And if you don't have incoming, then like, 
with secure incoming, that's a problem, right? So we need, black people need secure assets before we are free. And those secure assets need to be uh, dispersed among the community. I mean, Darity's book has it right, right? We need reparations. Anyone who 12 years before the reparations bill started identified as black and can trace their descendants to slavery, they get to be part of a demographic that then votes on a board that um, designs a program uh, that I think, you know, anywhere from 70 to $100 uh, trillion dollars is, is kind of like, that's the pot of money. And these would be institutional investments. That wouldn't just all just be cash, but it would be quite a bit of money. And, um, and it would, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would, that would be America. That would, that would, that would make black people whole on a par with others, right? And to be able to actually make moves in America on a par with others. Right? And it would actually increase the productive capacity. So this board would figure out a way to um, dole out the money so that it actually increased the productive capacity so that it wouldn't lead to inflation. Somehow it's always understood that giving black people money will somehow lead to inflation, which like, no, we're underproducing. So like you help black people become as productive as we could be and like, we'll just produce more goods and it won't lead to inflation. It'll actually bring prices down. And it'll, more importantly, it'll have the social and the economic conditions to allow for political uh, and even family freedom. Because without community-based money, all of our institutions are vulnerable or just degraded, right? So organized, organized money isn't black. It's not because black people don't want to organize with other black people. It's just because money isn't black and discretionary money isn't black. And you need discretionary money to have organized money. But yet... Debt is, um, you know, ubiquitous, <laughs> right? So we have debt, we don't have money. And so organizing with people with debt, and especially immediate debt, family debt or anything like that, is just, it's, it's just not, it's always, you, you build an organization like that, it's just ripe to be taken over by someone who could take care of their money. So let's say you build a black organization. You build, you've done well, you build a black organization. That's just, that's calling the sharks, right? Because then the sharks can now come in and buy your black organization. <laughs> because your black organization, since we don't still have reparations, is financially vulnerable to someone else coming in and taking it. This is what happens to no small amount of black radical groups. They have just enough money to kind of build, but then um, at the end of the day, they need to take on loans to take on debt. And then it just invites a shark to come in and this, these are all of your HBCUs, by the way, um, to, to, and then start guiding the mission, right? So like we don't have the political or economic conditions to be, we don't have the economic conditions to be politically free. And those economic conditions are not just making individuals rich. They, those economic conditions are dispersing um, money throughout the community, disposable income, and securing assets throughout the community, right? So, I mean, we've all seen organizations that started out black, but then 10 years later, they ran into financial um, problems and then sold themselves to the, the nearest white liberal who was willing to cut their check, 
We've seen whole people like that, like Al Sharpton, right? We've seen whole leaders like start out in that trajectory. They start out legitimately black, then they run into financial troubles, and then they're selling themselves out to white liberals. Right. By the way, that's not going to be me, because um, I don't have financial, like um, I have a small operation, right? But also, if you want uh, my financial stability, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5.15 or $50 a month, and I'll keep telling you the truth which I think you need to hear, right? This is why organized money is black. And if you don't think organized money is, uh, organized money isn't black. And if you think black people have organized money, you just haven't seen real money. You, like most people, most black people haven't. You haven't seen real money. You haven't seen real balance sheets. Like you think your little black business with your business cards is a real business, but um, you haven't seen the balance sheet of a real business where that offers like 401ks and health insurance to their employees and all and actually has employees and all that like black money isn't real money i'll say it uh and the only reason that you think black money is real money because the black money you think is real money is actually tied to white money uh that might be behind the shadows in the shadows they're not free and they're not free to tick off that white money by the way go to www.funkyacademic.com uh, and I'll keep being free. If you have any questions, leave it in the comments. But I'm just telling you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. If you think, you, you can go and listen to Jay-Z, and Jay-Z will tell you, you can just, um, you know, Bitcoin your way out of it. You can just buy Bitcoin and you'll be fine. That's what Jay-Z told, that will tell you. But I think it's, um, I think that's a scam, right? Nobody's going to tell you. I'm not, we need to be, we need to stop being too proud to admit that we as a community are broke. Um, because anybody who's admitting that, who's not going to admit that we as a community are broke is actually working for the enemy, right? We as a community are broke. They get paid to puff up black people, to blame other black people, um, and say that we aren't broke. And then that just fattens up the calf in order for them to eat off of our brokenness, right? So... Thank you for your time, and I will uh, talk to you next week.